Pharisee, I preach the gospel. I follow the apostles. You follow Pentecostals. Do not perform, so that's a risk. I believe the five points. All right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Solar Cast. I'm Pastor Chris Hernandez, and here I got my boy Jimmy De Los Santos. What's going on, Jimmy? Hey, how you doing, Pastor Chris? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Excited to just be recording another episode and getting down to continuing what we've been talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's exciting. Uh, it seems like we're getting into a groove of how we're introducing ourselves there, uh, Pastor Chris Hernandez, and. Your boy. <laughs> Your boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not too used to that. Man. Yeah, we got to get ready to take call-ins and love dedications and all that, right? <laughs> like we're on the radio or something. K-Love. Yeah. Do you remember um, listening to uh, K-N-O-N 89.3 here in Dallas? No, no? I don't remember that. Okay, yeah. I remember some crazy stuff that I used to listen to, especially when it came to uh, some contemporary Christian artists that you'd listen to, and it was all love all the time. Oh, no. Nah, yeah, I used, we, man, me and my wife when we were younger used to listen to this Latin hip-hop type program. They used to come on the radio on Saturdays. and. Yeah. You know, they would have this love dedications where you call in and dedicate a song to your girl and stuff like that. <laughs> it's something you used to listen to? Yeah, man. I remember the Delilah thing. Delilah. Oh, yeah. I think that they, still comes you know, on, doesn't it? Does yeah. it? I don't uh, know, man. I, I really, you know, I listen to... I listen to podcasts now. I listen right. to Bluetooth off my you phone. You listen to SolarCast? No, that's all you listen uh, to on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, you know, I have to listen to how we're doing, man, how we come out. So, I mean, I guess a few of the listens that we have uh, on SolarCast are, are mine, but I want to see how we're doing, you know? <laughs> right, right. What's going on, man? What's new? What's new? Man, we're in the new year. Work yeah. has started back up. It's it's growing, man. You know, there at the end of the year, you always get those days uh, at work where seems like everything grinds to a halt and you can't really get anything done but now it's back to full speed at, at the regular job and so um interesting to get back to work uh want to get some things accomplished this year at work yeah. so it's starting to roll now cool man yeah so we had a good lord's day service this morning man it was a blessing yeah got to fellowship with the brethren afterwards and yeah. Do what we do, eat, <laughs> eat, and more eat, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. you know, this is a good thing that we have, uh, it seems like we hold a little communion, uh, you know, community kind of get together. We right. always go out to eat and talk and uh, about the things that we just, hey, you changed the liturgy on us this morning. Yeah. Threw right. me off just a little. It's going to take a while to get used to. <laughs> it, it, it is, but I think it's a, you know, it's yeah. a good change. I think it's something that we can. New year, uh, new liturgy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it should be something. We shake us up just a little bit and get us learning some different things. But right. I do love the way that at, 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 you know, when we get to church, we are learning, yeah. uh, as opposed to just coming in and going through uh, some kind of motions. Right. Uh, we're actually getting some. This morning, you mentioned that you have you know the catechism there that we're doing, and it's got the the verses, uh, the scripture right. references on the side. Take those home, study up on this, see why we believe these things to be true. Exactly. And so that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. Just coming and growing in our knowledge of our Lord. Christ, right. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we should be edified when we come to church. We should be built right. up in, in Jesus Christ. Everybody was a little giddy this morning because of what happened last night, right here. In oh Dallas. my goodness! Yeah, everybody <laughs> was talking about that. So, uh, guys that are listening, our listeners out there, you know that we're in Dallas, Texas. Right. You know the Cowboys are our team. Me right. and Pastor Chris are, you know, especially preferential to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but yeah, last night we were watching the the wild card game. The Dallas Cowboys played the um, Seattle Seattle yeah. Seahawks. 
So we're moving on, man. We we're are moving, moving on. on. You know, I had a lot of people at my job that were that were giving me a hard time and telling me they ain't gonna make it past the first round. Haters, man. Haters. <laughs> and all all I told them was, you know, I'm treating this like I do with this young guy at, at, at our church who tells me he's gonna always beat me on the basketball court. Right. And I say, you know, hey, if you do, bro, it's you know, it's kind of sad for you beating an old man. <laughs> you 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 in your twenties, you're gonna beat an old man like me. They're gonna say, well, you beat an old man. That's expected. But if I win, it's a win-win for you, right? It's a win-win for me. I can't lose in that situation. So I'm right. looking at the Cowboys going through the playoffs the same way. Right. I still have my it's expectation. All gravy now. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if they win, they win. If they don't, hey, what do we expect? We started out three and five. You know? Right. Somebody that I was listening to on the post-game show here locally, man, uh, uh, radio station, local radio station, and they said, you know, beating Seattle was their ceiling, and whatever they do from now on is just. It's no, just it gravy. is what it is. It's just gravy, yeah. You know, yeah. However far we go, that's right. that's it. What did we expect, right? right? Anything that we get from here on out is just like we're glad we got it here in yeah. Dallas, right? Any Cowboys fan here in Dallas right now is just giddy over the fact that we got this far. Yeah, we get to see another game. We yeah. can't lose now. And hopefully hopefully it's on Saturday again so it doesn't you know interrupt our Sabbath, right? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but anyway, I, man, yeah, yeah so – so you know, or people know out there, man. We've been talking, and we said we're gonna. We mentioned last week that we are going to be continuing the subject of prosperity gospel. That's what we talked about last week. We started it. it yeah. was prosperity gospel part one. If you're listening to this episode and you haven't heard the first episode, why don't you go back and check out prosperity gospel part one? That'll kind of set you up for what we're going to be talking about this week, because we're going to be continuing the subject and continuing looking at the prosperity gospel. In various ways, and we're going to conclude this next week with the final part, right? Part three. Yeah, yeah. So we got one more plan. So one more plan, one more podcast on the prosperity gospel. And I think we mentioned last week what we wanted to do today is we wanted to take a moment to discuss some of the various texts that a lot of the prosperity gospel preachers use. But so we can reset very quickly. If you can just very quickly for me, Jimmy, just describe or define what we mean when we say prosperity gospel. Well, it's the good news. Last week we said that in gospel we know the word means good news. Mm -hmm. The good news that if you if you come to Jesus Christ, he's going to give you everything that you desire, all the desires of your heart, that new uh, Mercedes Benz out in the driveway, that new... Um, six-bedroom home that you've been waiting for, that new uh, bank account, the savings, the CDs, right. this, that, and the other. When it comes to your finances, when it comes to your health, when it comes to your your happiness in, in general, prosperity preachers will preach that if you come to Christ, God is obligated to give you these things. The good news of the prosperity gospel, which we have uh, both agreed, is another gospel. It is not the true gospel of Jesus Christ, but what I'm saying to you right now, the prosperity gospel, we, de we define as good news that God is obligated to give you the desires of your heart when you come to Jesus Christ. Right. And last week we went into some of the history of the prosperity gospel and we showed how it hasn't been around forever, how the church hasn't always taught this way, and how some of the prosperity gospel, or pretty much all of the prosperity gospel, has its roots in new thought. Humanism and so forth, just the, the greatness of man, positive thinking, the power of positive thinking, positive confession and so forth. And I'm not sure if we mentioned this guy's name last week. I think we did. But one of the founders of the prosperity gospel as we know it here in the, in the U.S., a guy named Kenneth Hagin. Yes. Kind of the one that formulated a lot of this this way of thinking. Believe it, receive it, name and claim it, yeah. power of positive thinking and so forth. Uh, receiving things by faith. and. One thing that I've noticed as I was doing research on this is that 
a lot of these guys view the prosperity gospel as a formula. There's a formula to obtain this blessing or this prosperity, whatever you're looking for. There's a formula for it. And before we get into some of the text, I just kind of want to briefly read a brief overview of what Kenneth Hagin had mentioned on how to receive whatever you want from the Lord, whatever blessing you desire and how to receive it. Again, I want to present to you his formula that he put forth. And believe it or not, he says that he received this formula from Christ himself. You know, Christ actually came to him and spoke to him uh, just like the Apostle Paul you know, and so forth. So, yeah, he said that the Lord himself appeared to him. Jesus himself appeared to him and told him to grab a pencil and paper and to write this down. So now just think about that for a second. If that is true, then we are to include whatever Kenneth Hagin said in Scripture. You know, it's the word of God. The Word of God is the Word of God. It's it, When we look at the text of Scripture that we have, the 66 books in the Old and New Testament, it, it is the Word of God. And what the writers and the authors wrote down were the inspired Word of God. It is what God said. So if we're going to believe and take what Kenneth Hagin said on face value, then whatever he said has to be included in the Word of God. It's just as authoritative as the Bible. Of course, he's not going to say that, you know, because he doesn't want to get put in that position but it is what it is i mean if you claim you have a word from god it's equal to scripture it's just as authoritative as scripture right so let me kind of just briefly read here what he says here about this formula the formula is simply to say it to do it to receive it and to tell it and he has these steps here that i'm just gonna very briefly read on how to get your whatever you're asking for your prosperity whatever you believe to receive and so forth And step number one is to say it. Positive or negative, it is up to the individual according to what the individual says, that shall he receive. So just speak it, you know, whatever it is, whatever you want. You want that new car? Just say it. New car. New car, right. (laughs) Or or be specific, you know, uh, know, 2019 Honda Civic, Benz, whatever. You know, just, just say it. Whatever you say, that is step number one. Whatever you want, step number one is to say it. Step number two is to do it. Your action defeats you or puts you over. According to your action, you receive or you are kept from receiving. It's pretty vague. You know, yeah. what, what action? What, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? Step number three is receive it. We are to plug into the powerhouse of heaven. Faith is the plug. Praise God. Just plug in. And this is, I used to hear this a lot of times in those circles, is just go ahead and thank God for that, for that anyway. Whatever you ask for, just thank Him for it because yeah. you're going to receive it, right? So kind of familiar with that. And step number four is tell it so others may believe. But what it is is just a formula. You know, whatever you're going to receive from God, whatever you want to receive from God, you got to follow these steps, lock into the faith or align your faith. Align your vision with your faith and so forth. And yeah. It's very exhausting, man. When I when yeah. I'm when I'm looking over it, man, it's a lot of man. Do this and do that and all kinds of elusive stuff. It's, it's funny I, I, as you're saying that. I'm thinking about some of the some of the past episodes that we've covered, and uh, I got a lot of good feedback off of the episode number two, which is the legalism episode, in which we discussed how your your actions. It depends on you if you make it. You know, it's up to you to keep these things. Right. Uh, this is just another form of, of legalism it is. Uh, 
and it puts a burden on on people to mm-hmm. if you want this uh, your faith needs to be activated by you right and, and you know listen to some more of our other episodes we, we we've defined faith faith is a gift that's mm-hmm. given to us by god but prosperity teachers want to want to tell us that faith is the activator that you need to get your blessing and see, that's I think that's the big issue right there. You're you're when you're preaching a prosperity gospel, you are you are telling people that they need to activate their faith and they need to follow these steps in a legalistic manner to get what they desire. Right. And I think that well, that's just wrong. <laughs> it's it's legalistic at its core. Right. Uh, before we keep on moving forward, Pastor Chris, uh, I think a lot of people might you know if they're listening to us, you're, you're thinking. Why is this important? Why, why are you guys bringing this up? Why are you right. making a big deal out of prosperity? You know, we talked about why it's near and dear to us. we got family members that are entrenched, involved in this type of teaching, and, and they've been taught this their whole lives. This was something we were taught growing up. Just like you said a minute ago, I was often taught to to thank God for the thing that's coming down the road that I don't know that's coming. Right. Like, like, you know, hey, um, if, you wanna, if you want a wife... Thank God for the wife that yeah. He's given you already, and you don't see her, you don't yeah. know her. Thank you for you, the job already. Thank yeah, you for you the job. It. It's yours. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's yours. And and so this was something we were taught growing up, and it's it's a strange kind of thing to think about looking back on it now. Right. I thank God today for where He has me today, and I'm content with the things that He has me in. And not to say that I don't go out there and work and, and, and strive and, and try to uh, try to do good for the glory of God. It's a different it's a different way to look at it. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking the question, uh, Pastor Chris, Brother Jimmy, why are y'all even bringing this up? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to I want to answer that question before you even ask it. Right. Here's, here's here's the answer. I'm going to go to Jude. Jude is just one chapter. I'm going to read two verses: verses three and verses four. And it says this, beloved. Although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason I I, I, want to read those two verses because I would love for us to just sit around and you know Pastor Chris me and you we do sit around sometimes and just talk about how good God is in our salvation right I would love to just sit and tell people about how good God is in our salvation but we need to contend for the faith right the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints the true gospel of Jesus Christ which is we're sinners Mm -hmm. in a broken world and Jesus Christ came put on skin lived a sinless life suffered and died a horrible, brutal criminal's death on a cross as a payment for his people. Right. So that he could so that they could be freed from the bondage of sin and death. This is the good news. We need to contend for that good news. And so when we hear another gospel preached, we come against it. Right. And it's it's because of our love for our neighbor and our love for our family members that are entrenched in this kind of thing that we that we want to bring this up and talk about it. Right. Let's expose it for what it is, a false gospel. Mm-hmm. A gospel that isn't true to what is taught in the Bible. Yeah, and you look throughout that's that's exactly right. And you look throughout history, the church history, beginning in the in the New Testament when the apostles had to arise and defend the gospel and contend for the faith. 
there's always been a need for that. You know, you look at the early councils and so forth, there was a lot of heresy going on. Even before that, Augustine and Pelagius, Council Nicaea with Arius. And, and then they somehow or another, maybe there weren't some people contending for the faith because we, we go into the, to the Dark Ages where um, yeah. Rome had pretty much taken over and, you know, there weren't people, I guess, contending like, like they should. And this is, we see what happens when that, when people kind of just go with the flow and allow things to, to go on without questioning or contending for the gospel. And then you had, you know, in the Reformation era, you had people step up and finally, you know, rise to contend for the, for the faith and call false teaching out, call it for what it is. And I think now, man, you look at evangelicalism and the landscape that we're in now, we need another reformation because as I've mentioned yeah. before, man, you go turn on Christian TV right now, turn on Christian radio right now, go into a Christian bookstore. All you're going to see is this type of, of, I would call nonsense, yeah. how to tap into your blessing, how to tap into your better you. And again, you know, the, the more dangerous stuff than just your outright, you're going to have a lot of money. You're going to have a lot of car claim this and claim that is the, the subtle prosperity gospel teaching though like we called last week the prosperity gospel light right you know that talks about how god just wants you to have a better marriage a better life you know a better career yeah. and you know it's all about tapping into your vision or walking into your destiny or aligning this and that up it's just man it's it's done it's exhausting man you got to do this and you got to do that for all that stuff where's the rest in christ yeah. man for, for all that stuff why go to church, man? Get a life coach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, Which there's, there's, most pastors are calling themselves now, right? There, isn't yeah. that something? Yeah. Isn't that something that yeah. a pastor would have a church and you just call himself a life coach? You know, just today on what you're saying, I um, came across uh, something I, I on Facebook, w- which was uh, interesting to me. And it's, it's a quote by somebody that you know. And I don't know how you feel about this, but it's David Platt. Okay. David Platt said this. Uh, we desperately need to explore how much of our understanding of the gospel is American and how much is biblical? Hmm. I think that's important because I think we don't search the scriptures the way we should here in America right. to find out what is true. We're just believing the guy on TBN. Again, last week we talked about TBN yeah. and, and how dangerous the, the teaching that can, that comes off of TBN is when it comes to what the true gospel is. And it takes people, it, it takes people astray. Right. And so it's, I, I feel like it's a dangerous thing. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And like we said, what we wanted to do today, because I can, I can say, I can feel that there's still some people out there that are saying, well, you know, my pastor says this, or my favorite preacher says this, and he, he brought out a scripture, and scripture is scripture, and we can't deny scripture. It is the word of God, and he said it, and he showed me where it was in the word of God where I should be blessed, or I should be prosperous, or I should be able to claim X, Y, and Z. So that's what we wanted to do today, is we wanted to get some of these texts out, explain explain them in context, see what they're seeing, see what we're seeing, and so forth, right? So why don't you go ahead, and if you got one there, why don't you sure. go ahead and start us off and, and okay. give us a text that we right. typically hear in, in these circles. I'll, I'll kick us off with um, Luke 6.38. You mm-hmm. will often hear a prosperity gospel preacher preach this, and this is what it says, give and it will be given to you. Mm-hmm. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Mm-hmm. Man, that sounds awesome. Hey, if I give, it'll be given unto me. Pressed down, shaken together, it's coming back fourfold. Whoa. And so I hear, Hallelujah. <laughs> I hear prosperity uh, gospel preachers often use that verse. But you know the problem with this is? 
It's not in context. Right. That's not where the sentence begins. It doesn't begin with the word give. It doesn't begin in verse 30. It actually begins in verse 37. So let's go back one verse and let's read it in context. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Hmm. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Right. So it's not talking about money here. No, not at all. It is talking about forgiveness. Right. So it's the, talking about the way you deal with your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Yeah, the yeah. way you treat them, it'll be treated right. back to you. And yeah. so uh, a, a prosperity gospel preacher will pull that out of its context and say, this is about money. Right. If you give, it'll be given back to you. Mm. No, 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 no. We're talking about forgiveness and how you deal with the people that are around you. Forgive because you were forgiven. Don't don't forget that parable of the one guy that was forgiven that couldn't turn around and forgive the other guy. This is important stuff. Right. And so to, to know what exactly the Bible is teaching in this instance is important. It's not about money. And so for a prosperity gospel preacher to use that text as a means of preaching prosperity right. is false. It's inaccurate. Right. There's mine. What do you have? So one that I hear often is John 10.10. 10. And you're familiar with it. The scripture goes, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So the prosperity gospel preacher is going to isolate that text and said, In Christ you deserve an abundant life. What does abundant mean? Abundant riches, abundant homes, abundant cars. You deserve it all because this is the life promised to you by Christ. He says that the thief comes and... I don't know, the thief may be a hater, or the thief may be somebody, or, or the enemy. They're going to say it's the enemy, but the enemy's trying to steal your joy and steal your finances. And, and we always blame the devil for stuff, right? If something's going bad, oh, the lying devil, you know what I mean? I'm broke this week, lying devil, blah, blah, blah. And that's the devil just trying to bring you down. But well, you know what Jesus really, really wants? He wants you to have it all. He wants you to have that car that you want. He wants you to have that home that you want. He wants you to have all the riches that you want. This is why he came, so that you can have an abundant life. And here's the irony about this text. The thief is not even the devil. That he's talking about here. The thief is the false prophet. Let me go back a couple of uh, verses there. He says, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. So I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastures. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I come that they may have life, have it more abundantly. The thief is those that are in your ear. The thief is those that are trying to persuade you that Christ is not the only way, that there are other ways, that you can get to God other ways. Uh, the thief is the one that is lying to you. And who's the one that is lying to you? It is the false teachers. It is the false prophets. That's that's the yeah. thief. Now Satan is the the agent behind it all. You know these behind these false prophets and these behind these false teachers. But I used to read this text all the time and just assume the thief is the devil. You know that's what the thief is. He's the one that comes to yeah. kill, steal, and destroy. But it is the it is the message. Now again the 
devil might be behind that message, but it is the, the messengers that are coming like thieves to rob the true, uh, the true gospel, to rob the true message of Jesus Christ. And he, Christ here is saying that, look, I've come that you might have this life and have it more abundantly. It has nothing to do, again, there's no mention of finances here. There's no mentions of wealth or earthly possessions. The, the abundant life is having a life that is in Christ. If you are in Christ, your life is abundant because you are blessed with immeasurable riches that are found in Christ Jesus. And it has nothing to do with earthly possessions. It has nothing to do with material wealth. It has everything to do to who you are in Christ, your status before God. You were once dead, now you are alive. You were once blind, but now you see. You are now able to walk in the abundance of a new life in Jesus Christ with joy, with peace, with all the spiritual blessings that are indwelt in the believer by Christ alone. I mean, and man, it is so much better, bro. It is so much better to have peace and joy and love and to have these spiritual blessings that come through Jesus Christ are so much better than material possessions, than, as Christ says, treasures that we can store up and lay up for ourselves that that moth can come in and, and destroy. It's so much better to have the abundant life in Jesus Christ, the true blessings and the true spiritual blessings that are found in Him. You know, so what, you, you bring you up got? you bring up something great, and I think at that point I want to interject something here because there's a contrast in the scripture, and of course we initially touched on the fact of why we're doing this, but apparently we weren't the first ones to come against the false teachers. Apparently, the first one was Jesus Christ, <laughs> right? And when he's talking here about, about the door in John ten, uh, in John verse ten, the things that you just read. So I want to read something else that Jesus wrote, just to piggyback off of what you just said. This is in Luke chapter twelve. This is verse 13. It says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to come back to the text. But I'm going to say, immediately Jesus is saying, Hey, I got nothing to do with your financial difficulty, right. your financial division between you and your brother. Man, that's your business. Right. right? So I mean, he's, he's saying here, I'm not involved in that. Mm-hmm. That financial dispute you have with your brother, that ain't my business. Right. I'm not here for that. Right. But let's let's see what he goes on to say. Uh, again, verse 14. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 15. He says, and he said to them, take care and be on guard against all covetousness. Mm. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Right. I'm going to say that again. Just because this is what we're talking about. Right. Right? We're talking about the prosperity gospel, what prosperity gospel teachers preach. And this is the opposite. And yeah. this is Jesus talking. Jesus says, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Tie that with John 10 said, I came to give you abundant life. One's life does not consist. consist of the abundance of his possessions. He's not talking about possessions when exactly. he talks about an abundant life. Exactly. Right. Now, let me keep on going. Verse 16 says, And he told them a parable, saying this, The land of a rich man produced plentif- plentifully. And he, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build large ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, You have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is a powerful thing for Jesus to say. You, You think 
that your security is found in your possessions and in your wealth when you should be rich toward God. I, again, I want to go back to last week when we said it is not a sin to be wealthy. It is not a sin to go to work and have money. Right. But if you think that, that the abundance of your life is found in the wealth and the possessions that you have and you've stored up in larger barns, thinking that that's going to save you, you've got a wrong idea of what the gospel is. Right. You need to come to Christ. Right. Yeah, and, you know, these texts, we wanted to lay out again because these are some of the more familiar texts that you're used to hearing these prosperity gospel preachers preach on or preach from. And I'm sure many have heard it before. So yeah. what what other texts? I, I got another. I got So here's another one that a, a prosperity gospel preacher might use to preach the prosperity. This is found in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as, as it is well with your soul. Uh, uh, in others, um, I'm going to read another version. It says here, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be healthy even as your soul prospers. Mm. And, I, and I, man, I heard that when I was young. Man, you're going to prosper as your soul prospers. God mm. wants you to prosper as your soul prospers. And for a long time I heard that and said, you know, hey, yeah, God does want me to prosper. Right. And, and so a, a prosperity preacher might pull that out and say, see, God wants you to prosper. Right. You know what's funny about just this? Just isolate it. Yeah, yeah. You know, just isolate it and say, see, God wants you to prosper. But you know what's funny about this particular verse and the use of that? This is the greeting in John's epistle. This is a letter that he's writing. Let's start in verse 1. The elder, that's John, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may be well with you. And that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. It's the greeting. Right. It's it's like it's like me looking at you, Pastor Chris, on a Sunday morning when I right. when I walk into in the church. Hey, hey, Pastor, how's it doing, yeah. man? I hope it's going good for you. I hope right. You, I hope you're doing well. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or, or if you're sick, man, I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's a greeting, and if right. you're going to get your theology from a greeting, hmm. uh, I think what that really teaches us is that we should be brothers. That we right. should look at each other. Hey, beloved, yeah. I I hope you're doing well, man. We want each other to prosper. Look, man, just because we're pushing back on prosperity gospel doesn't mean we don't want it. Man, I, Jimmy, I hope you you know. I think recently we talked about you you know applying in this. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. We're gonna put that out for everybody well, no, to know. I mean, you know, people know. People yeah. don't know. Right. I, I've applied for a different job. I'm hoping. Yeah. That I, get it. I hope you get it, man. Yeah. You know, I hope that that works out for you. You know, uh, other people out there, you know, they're looking for better income. I hope that that works out for them. I hope they're if they're starting a business. I hope their yeah. business succeeds. Yeah. You know, we're not pushing back on. We're not. We're not promoting a poverty gospel here, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, just to, to say that, just because I've applied for a different job and, and and I might be looking forward to getting that job, doesn't mean that if I don't get the job. I'll all of a sudden lose all my joy. Right. Right. That's not that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. I'm in Christ. Right. He is my joy. He is my contentment. He is what I what I look to uh, for a fulfillment of my life. If I don't get it, it was always God's will that I wouldn't get that job. Right. So it, it doesn't move me one way or the other. And I think that's where people get hung up on. And I think this is where the danger comes in. Mm-hmm. If if you preach that come to come to Christ and He'll give you all the desires of your heart. Well, when those desires aren't met, guess what people walk away? They walk away from Christianity saying, that was a lie. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that again. Right. I'm not going back to They're disillusioned. They, they start to believe that you were lying to them in the first place. Right. And they will, they'll, they'll hear about Christianity and they'll become the worst critics of our faith. Right. They'll sit there and say, that doesn't work. Yeah. Christi- I tried Christianity. I've seen it, it happen. Work. I've yeah. seen it happen, yeah. 
So one scripture I think that we definitely need to address is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. That's probably one of the biggest watch prosperity. Out, bro. Watch out, bro. <laughs> That's You're stepping the, in uh, right. dangerous territory. <laughs> That's probably one of the biggest verses that prosperity gospel preachers use. Yeah. I mean, that's the one you're going to see on T-shirts, on bumper stickers, on coffee mugs, you oh, know. Yeah. Uh, I, think I, graduation. Old, I think I have old coffee mugs in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Graduation gift, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? So let's go to the text and see what it says. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Another version says an expected end. Whatever you're expecting. So so they're going to isolate this text. A prosperity gospel preacher is going to isolate this text and say, See, God wants to prosper you. He wants to not only prosper you, He wants to give you an expected end. So whatever you're expecting, He wants to give that to you. What are you expecting today? Are you expecting a new home, more possessions, more wealth, bigger income? Are you expecting to have this business that is going to make tons of money? God wants to give that to you because it says here in the Bible that he wants to give you your expected end. He yep. wants to give you your future. I've heard that. Yeah. And I've heard uh, prosperity preachers saying to people, you have a, an expectation, but your expectation is not even big enough. You oh, yeah, make, yeah. You need to make it yeah. bigger. You yeah, you're too it, small for God. Yeah, your your too dream small. is too small yeah. for God. Yeah. God can do more than that. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you hear this all the time. So I know the plans I, I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. So. What is wrong with this? I mean, it says it right there in the text, right? Okay, God wants me to prosper. But let's take a step back and let's read the scripture in context. This is the Old Testament. This is the prophet Jeremiah prophesying to the people. Who was he prophesying to? He was prophesying to God's people who were in exile. This is a time in Old Testament. If you know the story of the Old Testament, God's people disobeyed God. Remember, they were given a covenant they were given a promise to obey, and they would remain in the land. If they disobey, they would be scattered. If they disobey, their land would be taken from them. If they disobey, they would incur all the punishments of God. Right. So, for their disobedience, we know we read in First and Second Kings and First and Second Samuel and Chronicles and so forth. We know and we read how they turned to other gods. They forsook the one true God. They rebelled against God, and guess what happened? Exactly what God said was going to happen. They were going to be punished. They were going to be taken away from their land. And they were taken away from the land, first by the Assyrians, and then we see here in Jeremiah, at this time, they were in captivity to Babylon. They were in captivity, so there they were. Remember, they had a promise. They had a promise that they were going to inherit this land, that they were going to live long in the land. What happened to the promises? There they were. They were in exile. They were in bondage to a foreign nation. They probably lost their hope and lost their trust and lost their faith in the God that, that gave them the promises. And here comes Jeremiah reassuring that God is a God of his promises, that he is thinking about them, that he has uh, plans to prosper them, not to harm them, even though they're being harmed now as they're in exile. His plan is to give them an expected end, uh, to give them a future, that they're not going to be in exile forever. They're not going to be in captivity forever. One day God is going to make good on his promises and he's going to deliver them out of captivity. That is the context there. It has nothing to do with you sitting in 2019 hoping and dreaming that you're going to get a new car. Or hoping and dreaming that all your, your plans are going to come true. That you're going to start a business and you're going to see this verse has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do in context the people of God that were in exile to Babylon. This is God saying I'm going to deliver on my promise. 
Now you may say, well, then what's the point? What what is the point for us? Does that have any implications or anything practical we can take? Yes, it does. We can see that God is a promise keeper. He did deliver them in Christ. It does have implications for us that God is going to make good on his promises, yeah. that, that his promises are, are always going to be kept. So it does have implications for us, but in its immediate context, has nothing to do with prospering in your material wealth. Right. right. He's a promise keeper. He's and a promise that's, keeper. that's the thing I think we can apply uh, to the other promises that he's made to us to, to deliver us from the bondage of sin. Right. See, that's the, that's the thing. Our, our problem isn't that we don't have enough material wealth. Our problem is that we're in sin. Right. Outside of Christ, in our flesh, mm-hmm. we're in dire straits because of sin. Right. And see, that's that's the issue. He didn't come to so that you could have the, the biggest house on the block. Right. He came that he might deliver you from mm-hmm. the peril of the sin that sin kills. Right. right. The wages of sin is death. In the end, you will die for your sin, right. and it will be judged. And so Jesus came so that his people might be saved right. from their sins. Right. Uh, I'm going to move on now to the last verse that I have. Mm-hmm. What a, a prosperity pre- preacher might use um, for a prosperity gospel message. So this is Galatians 6, verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, <laughs> that will he also reap. Right. Now here's the funny thing about that. That's, man... If you sow, and you'll hear a prosperity gospel use that word, sow the seed, sow that seed, Mm -hmm. sow that seed, sow that seed into this ministry, and you'll see that you'll reap return. You will get a return if you sow that seed. And so this is something that they'll use. But guess what? They they stop short Mm -hmm. of what they should have read here. I'm going to continue with the passage. right? See, this is what we talk about reading scripture in context. Mm -hmm. It either goes... You got to go back a verse, or you got to go forward a verse. You, you can't just stop with that one. You've got to read the whole thing. So I'm going I'm to start again in verse seven. And I'm continue to go. Mm-hmm. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Right. He is not talking about riches. He's talking about sin. He's talking about sin in your life. If you if you sow to sin, yeah, you're going to reap death. Right. Right? If you sow to the Spirit, those who walk by the Spirit live in the spirit those who walk by the flesh live in the flesh and and you'll get the fruit that you that you got coming to you in the end and so that's what he's talking he's not talking about material wealth right he's talking about a spiritual thing here this is why we we have to teach the right thing right. and we have to come against those that teach a, a prosperity gospel message yeah and, and again in all these texts that we're going through we see the same problem is they're taking their verses out of context. They're ripping it from its context and they're using it to give whatever message they want to give. This is why we're big proponents of expository preaching, verse by verse preaching, because you can't rip it out of context. It is what it is. So what a lot of topical preachers do is they say, oh, today I want to preach on this. So I'm going to go find a verse that's going to back up whatever I want to say. So if you want to preach on prosperity, there are tons of verses in the Bible, and we're not, we didn't even get to all of them, but there are a few more. And if you want to ask us a question, if you have a question about a particular text, you know, send us a message. We'll be glad to uh, uh, talk about it. Yeah. But 
yeah, they, they isolate it from the text and they just present it because they have a message and their message is not what the yeah. Word of God says. Their message is what they want to say. Yeah, I was reading in my research, I, I, I came across uh, something called Nine Marks of a Prosperity Gospel Church. Church, right, yeah. And one of those is that they, they don't do expositional preaching. Mm-hmm. So the when I'm going to define expositional preaching for, for the audience. If you're listening, expositional preaching is verse by verse preaching, right. chapter by chapter, book by book. We take a book of the Bible and we break it down chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And we don't skip a verse. We don't skip through verses. Last year, Pastor Chris preached through the entire book of James. It took the whole year. And this morning uh, in church, we, we, you know, we get in there and I, I look at the liturgy and I see that he's uh, starting in the Gospel of Mark. And it's, his sermon was just on Mark 1.1. 1, 1, and I thought, just one verse? Oh, man, this is going to take us a while. How long will be in this book? <laughs> but you know what? It's it's important to, to, get, to get that verse by verse thing because again as pastor chris says you can't hide from the text if you preach verse by verse you cannot hide from the text Mm -hmm. and a prosperity preacher will hide from the text he will take a scripture lift it out of its context and and, and apply it so that people will believe uh, that they need to give or they need to do this by lifting it he's ripping it out of his context he's ripping it out of his context and truthfully in most instances it's for their benefit right. so that they can have the big mansion, so that they can have yeah. the jet that they're looking for, right? It's, it, a, it's a pyramid scheme. You yeah. know, notice in prosperity gospel circles, notice who's the one that's the biggest beneficiary of it all. It's the preacher. It's the preacher. Yeah, it's the preacher's always the one with the private jet. He's the one with the new, the biggest home. He's the one with the biggest cars. It's him. And he's telling you, yeah, you got to do it like me. Just activate this faith, activate this formula, and you can get it too. Yeah. And he's the example for his own uh, preaching. Look at me. Look at what I got. Exactly. Right? If you look at me, you can have it too. I've done it so well. Yeah, Yeah. I activated the faith. I found the formula. Wow. But, yeah, as we close, we just wanted to end off with with some text. I do have one that I want to share. Did you have a text that you wanted to close out with? Yeah, you know, I, I wanted you go ahead and do yours, and I, I guess I got a, a little bit something I wanted to close with also. Okay. Um, or I could go first if you want me to. <laughs> no, no, I can go. I can go. So in in Hebrews thirteen uh, verse five, and let me just briefly read this, where it says, "Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have, for He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you." You know, that just bucks against the whole prosperity gospel message. The whole prosperity gospel message, and we're going to get to some of these quotes next week for some sure. of these, these pastors yeah. that, are, that are saying, and some of them are like, money come, and, you know, oh, yeah. I claim this and I claim that. That whole message is contrary to the teaching of Scripture. Here we read in Scriptures to be content. We, we need to be content with what we have, keep our life free from the love of money. You know, when when you're saying money come, you love money. When you're saying that God owes me this and God owes me that, you know, I need this and I claim that, your love is for possessions, your love is for abundance of wealth and so forth. And Scripture is telling us to flee from that stuff. Be content with what you have. Now, are we saying that there's something wrong? I think you've already touched on this. There's nothing wrong with wanting to get ahead in life. There's nothing wrong in wanting more for your family and so forth. But that doesn't come by a formula. That comes by working hard. Yeah. What Proverbs tells us to do, to sow and, and reap and so forth. Not sow in, in a love offering or a gift offering and you're going to reap just money. It's not magic. Sow and working. Get a, get a trade. Learn how to do something. Go work hard. Start. <laughs> 
start a business, sow to that business, and you're going to reap because we have worked it. You know, you're going to reap for what you have sold. Yeah, you know, you, you make me, and I want to just touch on this briefly. I, I remember a young guy that I, I was mentoring at an apartment complex I was living. I always used to preach to the to the young guys in the apartment complex. And this guy comes and tells me, man, he was excited. He's a young kid. He's like 18 years old. He comes to me and says, man, I got a job. And I said, let me, let me give you the first tip on how to keep that job. He goes, what is that? Show up for work. <laughs> right? Show up every day, man. Right. Be faithful to show up to work every day. And this is going to get you ahead. You'll see five years down the road how much of a benefit it was that you just showed up every day. Right. And this is one of those practical things that Christianity should be teaching you when you read the book of Proverbs. Exactly. It's a practical thing. Talk it's not outlandish. It's yeah. not crazy. Hey, give a love offering and you're going to get 20 times back. No, no I'm telling you this. Go to work every day. Right. right, you'll reap the benefit in five, ten, fifteen, whatever, how many years. Just be faithful where you're where yeah, you're planted. We're treating the offering yeah. plate like a casino. You know? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to read one one last scripture, and we're about to start closing here. But I'm going to First Timothy chapter six. I'm going to start in verse three. Bear with me, real quick. I'm just going to read through this, and then I'm going to touch on something real fast. Starting in verse three. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness. He is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Hmm. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Godly, I'm going to re- repeat that. I have to repeat that. But godliness with contentment is great gain. gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. I feel like I don't have to say a lot after that. Right. I, I think that what I want to convey with that to anybody that's listening is that we love you. Mm. We love you. We don't want to see you in this snare. Right. You Don't get caught up in listening to prosperity preachers that tell you to put more in the offering plate because you're going to get more in return. If all you're looking for is that return, you've missed it. Right. You've missed it. To be in Christ means to love Christ. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Right. Your, love, your love should be placed in Christ. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's good. But, yeah, so we're going to be, again, touching more on this next week. We're going to be finishing off this series, if you will. And we're going to bring some of these. You, you might sit back and say, well, you know, this is still my favorite preacher. You know, and, and I love him and he makes <laughs> me feel that's good. That's a difficult you know, thing. That's gives me the feels, thing. you know yeah. what I mean, when I hear him and so forth. So we are going to show you some of their, their words and we're going to... Contrast that to what the Word of God says. Yeah, so, you know, if you're in the Dallas area, in a couple of weeks, here in a few weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be showing, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Uh, we come across, a, and there's a good thing out there, and it's, it's kind of spurring us on, too. It's, uh, there's a there's a trailer that we've seen over and over of a, of a film that, that's called The American Gospel. Right. That is exposing the prosperity gospel. We want to cap this series off by having a viewing of that. Right. We're going to rent that, and we're going to invite you, the listener, if you're in the Dallas area and you can make it out to come to our church, mm-hmm. we haven't set the date yet, but more than we'll likely have that next week, yeah. yeah, we'll have that next week, but more than likely it's going to be like a Friday night, right? And you know, you come, 
we're going to present the movie um, and we're all just going to sit there and maybe have a little discussion afterwards about the prosperity preaching that we're presented. I've already uh, invited some of my family members and I'm, I'm, you know, saying, hey, if we do this, will you come? Yeah. And even if I have to go give them a ride, I want them to come see this so that they might see the truth. You told me you're going to rent a bus, right? Well, man, I... <laughs> <laughs> if I had a little shuttle, yeah, I'd go around picking up some people, man. But that's yeah. funny. No, man. But yeah, so we appreciate you listening to this episode. We thank you for listening. Tell a friend. Tell somebody, hey, you know, check these guys out. Give us a chance. You know, we're trying to get the word out. I think some of these things that we're talking about are very important in the Christian life. And we've said this before. This is what we want to talk about. Things that are practical. Things that are important. Near and dear to us. And yes. this is one of them. So, again, uh, thanks for listening. Give us an opportunity next week to finish this series out. We're going to be talking about the prosperity gospel one more time, then get ready to head out to the G3 conference as well, right? Oh, yeah, so that's going to be exciting. We're, we're looking forward to the G3. So, yeah. yeah, so thanks for listening. Uh, check us out on the Solacast, thesolacast.com. There you can send us a message if you have a, any pushback, a question, whatever you want. If there's a scripture that we didn't cover that you wanted a question, feel free to give us a shout. Also, you can check us out on Twitter. I'm at Los Jimmy, at Los Jimmy. Right, and the uh, Twitter handle for the Solacast. At Sola underscore cast. That's right. And I'm at at C Hernandez 214. You can find me on Twitter as well. But thank you for listening. And until next time, let's get to the beat. Let's do it. Okay. I just made this beat right now. I'm MC Goya. Okay, listen. Hey, I'm on the ground like El Chapo in a tunnel eating about 12 tacos. I'll put you in a box like a gato. Punchline stay in my mouth like Mr. Sacco. Jay thinks he runs Christian hip-hop. He wears white socks when he wears his flip-flops. And he looks like Shook Knight. I put him in a chokehold and say goodnight. It's not music but clothes that he started. I can't find better shirts in a flea market. Okay, Google, who's the best rapper? Goya.